Welcome to Episode 9 of Politics, The Entitlement of Man. I'm Laura. And I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. You you realize we're one episode ahead of Star Wars now? What? They're they're only up to Episode 8 this year. We're already at Episode 9. Wow. I know. And our production value way beats theirs. Okay. (laughs) So it's totally something to be proud of. (laughs) At least we have nobody putting up YouTube posts about rumors and stuff about us. Oh, come on. That would be fun. I have this rumor about Chris. It's not a rumor if it's true. Oh, okay. Then I won't (laughs) share it. (laughs) And it's no fun at all. So we're going to, we're, right, I have to stand in front of the microphone. We're going to talk today about entitlement. Entitlement. Yeah, I've never written about that. Never. Never. Ever. All right, so tell us what you wrote. I wrote a... I guess an article a while back, a couple of years ago now, called The Uninvited. And it was specifically aimed at some of the more aggressive men at swingers clubs. Some of the more aggressive single men at swingers clubs. Because let's be honest, that much as we like to generalize, it's not all guys. But we have to talk about this because it actually extends beyond just the swingers. Absolutely. And it's... Again, we're not telling something I'm sure that you've not heard of before or experienced. Um, Just in regular monogamous dating, even. But just even in regular life, right? Like interacting between genders, that you're going to have these guys who treat women a very specific way that is not respectful. Ownership. Well, they feel, yeah. They also treat them as a thing. Yes, and that's... That's the thing that drives me absolutely insane. And in fact, I put this on a lot of my profiles and I have conversations with guys that get to a certain point in the beginning and, and saying that this is something really important to me is that I am not a thing. I am not something here that exists for your pleasure only. That I am a full-fledged human being with feelings and that I expect to be treated with respect. You mean to tell me... That feelings is not simply some song from the 70s that some sappy I've artist. Got feelings. Yeah, we can't do that. We'll be sued, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll start one of those rumors. <laughs> so when I wrote that post, and you've brought up exactly what I guess the crux of the whole thing is this is going to be an awful short podcast if we keep doing this way. Uh, <laughs> the crux of this is respect, or the lack thereof, for people outside of their own bubble. Yeah, but again, we're talking about our experiences in it, and that's an obstacle that I'm sure not only us have faced, but you have faced as well, dealing with people and their impression of how they do it. And again, I mean, I specifically talk about guys. Unfortunately, it tends to be, uh, my experience is it tends to be guys, but this applies across any human being, regardless of what gender you identify as. It's There's people that see other people in various different ways. Yeah, and it's to me, again, it's that bubble word. They're only seeing a certain part of their bubble, and they close off to anything outside of their own bubble. So when they have other people, they don't actually exist. It's the old, what was the actress's name? Um... Shirley MacLaine, who used to say that none of us existed. We were all just figments of her mind. And this was her new age thinking. To me, that's extraordinarily disrespectful because if I go over and hit Shirley MacLaine, she's going to have a bruise and probably going to sue me and hurt. And So I could prove to her fairly quickly that I actually do exist. 
I don't want to do that, but I'm just saying. For the sake of argument. For the sake of argument, yes. One of the things that I've noticed is mobs or peer thinking. So when you put a bunch of people together that think the same way, they kind of edge each other on and accelerate it. So what I mean by this is I will use the swinger example in this case. So if we go to a sex club where single males are allowed to come in and they tend to clump together and when they're in that sort of heat where they're trying to find someone to play with, they take on this like predatorial stance where they're truly, it's like they, they switch off um, the ability to see women as people and that they're, we are prey and that they're targeting us. And it, it's quite aggressive and it's really overwhelming and it's off-putting. It's like there's nothing sexy to me <laughs> about someone seeing me only as or treating me only as something that gets their pleasure, but not taking into consideration mine. In addition to that, and this is, I suppose, some will find this funny, is that when we get those guys, they're not just treating you that way, they're treating us that way. Because I've often found, and we've done this at the clubs, where we'll be doing our exhibitionist thing. Yes, we occasionally do that. And suddenly I have a cock thrust in my face. The guy's not intending to get to me. He's actually intending to get to you, but they don't care. They're just there, as you say, for their own pleasure, and suddenly everything else that doesn't apply to what they think should happen doesn't exist. And that's that entitlement that, and especially now again, the swinger example is something else we've spoken about. I don't know if we've mentioned this on here, but there are a lot of, again, the guys tend to pay more to get in, and there are a number of them who seem to think it as prostitution. Once they pay their entry fee, that means now I have to get laid. And no longer things like etiquette or politeness or the fact that someone else exists matters. And this is a problem that we've run into a couple of times, and we've seen other people run into. Um, we know we've seen guys hauled out of the clubs because of stuff that they've done. I don't know how we solve it. That's the thing. Other than just education, and it has to start a lot earlier than when they're 40 and sit in a swingers club. By far, I think of, of the things that I talk to our sons about in terms of ways of dealing with just our kids in general, because it's regardless of whether you're male or female. It's, it's always about learning uh, empathy and learning respect. And, you know, we, we talk about this at home ad nauseum. Like, I feel like I'm always talking about this because it's something you really want to engrave young into um, some of the way they see the world and where they evolve into the world and evolve with their peers, that they can't see somebody else as an object. They can't see somebody else as an obstacle. They can't see somebody else as a thing that they do need to ask questions. So we had this conversation this week where there was a statement saying uh, that, oh, he's always that way from one sibling to another. And we had this conversation saying, well, that's not really useful 
right? The entitlement is that you should know what I need and it's always this way and read my mind and be better. And that's not actually helpful. Like if you're truly engaged with somebody else, you need to communicate to them what it is you need or what it is they're doing that bothers you. So as an example, instead of saying, well, you're always like this, a nice way of saying it is looking at the actual behavior that they're doing, give them an example. So when you talk to me in that tone, like you just did, is a perfect example, that really hurts my feelings. So is there a way that we can do that differently? Or can you point out specific behaviors? Because then all of a sudden it's useful information. You know exactly what you it is specifically that's bothering that person. Then you can have a conversation around it to make it better. And um, if we want to give examples here, of course, of our experience, as you say, I think we've spoken to this before, but one of our first times at club m4 i actually had to pull a guy off of you yes because he wouldn't take no for an answer now he didn't get very far luckily we were standing talking to someone else he had actually played with you earlier and he came over and thought he could just grab to which basically i hauled him back and i'm not i'm a gentleman normally but that just really (laughs) i could have whacked him one if i really was that type but i'm not so it it does happen now, that was very early on in our experience there, and we've learned how to watch for that better so that it doesn't happen. Uh, you have had guys come up who I don't know that we've done it for a while now where a guy hasn't taken no for an answer, and you've had to answer twice or three times. I'm not aware of off the top of my head. No, I don't think of that, but I've also, again, with experience, you kind of learn to read the signs pretty quickly of someone who's out stalking you or someone who actually wants to engage with you, which are two different things. You know, what I find is guys who are successful with me, if I have to give tips on how do you be successful with a woman to engage, what I'm looking for is just someone who can give, who can have an actual conversation, who can say, hey, you know, is this your first time here? Hey, um, you know, or start commenting on something that's happening around us or, or you know, joining in in the conversation I'm having with people in sort of a nice, polite way. But just actually engaging the person in talking makes a big difference because it's like I'm respecting you. I want to engage with you. I'm using my words to do so. I'm not using my physicality to kind of invade your space. I'm testing out the waters to see if there's any kind of chemistry here that you want to talk. And as a first step, that's always the best way to go. Of course, as we've said, it's not always the men. No, that's right. And we've run into it a couple of times with women. It's harder to judge where the entitlement of the women comes in, but I can think of a couple of examples where we ran into women... And again, this is involving the swingers club specifically, but they were people who wanted to be chased. Do you remember we had a woman that made no connection to me and we were with them as a couple? Yes. And he had met you online, I believe, and we were meeting at the club. And as soon as she had the opportunity, she was over and had picked up someone else. Yes. And wanted me to basically compete with this other guy or chase her, of which, no, no, this is not what we're doing. Not that I ever intended, I mean, I go in with no assumptions of anything beyond we're going to talk. But in this case, we couldn't even do that. She didn't allow for even that. So it's an example of 
the entitlement on the other side where she thinks in this particular case it was her need to be put on a pedestal which I wasn't going to do that. No, but she and, found somebody who did and that was that worked for her. Yeah. But you it know, still made us very uncomfortable going in because it was not a good situation and it ruined the whole thing for both of us. Well, again, if it's you just looking at it from her eyes, you know, she had a need, she got it fulfilled. But as a result of doing that, she didn't engage with us uh, respectfully, right? Like she didn't have conversations with us. We were we were both ignored. Right. We were um, both just things. Yeah, like and, to get her to her goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's many times where uh, I've had opportunities to either meet somebody or talk to somebody, and and I, that I really wanted to, but because of the situation of whatever is going around. I'm respectful of the people in my company. They are important to me. So I am not going to, just because it's something that I want or I want I want to chase, I'm not going to do that because that's a fleeting thing. Right. You want to, you have to be grounded in the people that are around you and what matters to them and, and treat them with respect. Of course, the other thing that we've talked about before with women in our experience is how we've run into... A couple of times where they have tried to almost cut you out of the equation. Now, this has happened on both of our ends again, but specifically with the women, we'll talk about this one, where they want my attention and try and corner me for themselves a bit, which we never looked at that going long term because we found a way to recognize that and shut it off pretty quick. I know we've talked of one time where we were at oasis aqua lounge and we came home and you were upset and we realized after the fact that it was because she had monopolized me while we were there that afternoon with this other woman and basically tried to cut you out of the afternoon even though you were there right beside us partially my fault of course for not seeing it at first but i think i was probably all gaga because nobody gives me that kind of attention other than you that's because you're so amazing. Oh, jeez. I love you, baby. Love you, too. <laughs> and that's part of the entitlement there is that they want someone for themselves, but they still want to claim the poly or be free to explore other options, which is a bit of a mixed message. You know what that reminds me of is there was a guy that I was dated for a little bit, and we were really very quickly struggling because his plate was so full and the entitlement of look um i'm jumping into this with you we talked about expectations so we did have groundwork kind of for that of what our relationship would look like but he would drop things like it would just go missing for periods of time that didn't make any sense. Or there was something that was, you know, an average expectation that of communication that wasn't fulfilled and then questionable things where he would say one thing and it would be something else. And to me, the entitlement of that is I'm expressing that I want to have a relationship with you, but on my terms and I'm not going to, I'm going to fill my needs with all my network, but I'm not going to include you or converse with you about that. Yeah, you're just lucky to have me is what it kind of sounds like. Yes, that's what it felt like. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, which is the complete wrong way to be looking at this lifestyle. 
we're all lucky to be in this lifestyle at all. It's not just one person who's lucky to have another. It's anybody who gets to experience this, the pleasures that come from this, the enjoyment that comes from this. We're all lucky. We're all just benefiting from it. But when you get one person who thinks themselves up there that anybody else is lucky to have me, that's when it goes a little awry. But again, this is not just about polyamory. This is about anything. Yeah. It works for everything in that way. We've looked at your, and I mean, okay, on the dating sites and everything, you have poly on your bios, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, as do I. Nobody talks to me, so it doesn't matter. But in your case, we'll get some really weird-ass messages. Yes. Some of them are very funny, of course. And I'm, any single woman out there, I'm sure, goes through similar situations. You probably don't get as many because the word polyamory probably does turn some of them off. Yes. I would think, because they want to possess that woman. Yes. And not that some of the ones who talk to you don't want to possess you, but it's a different thing, especially if they know what it means. I think, have you had any from guys who've then turned around and said they didn't see that word or anything in your bio? Oh, absolutely. Most of them don't even read it. Well, most of them don't read the bios anyway. That's That's right. right. So they don't. Yeah. So I I now, well, I haven't been on a dating site in a while because my life is pretty full at the moment. But when I was... I would, one of my first questions always was, have you read my profile? Do you know what polyamorous is? Um, and if you do, is this a lifestyle that you're open about? And I asked that question really, really quick because that is the number one filter. I'm married. I have a primary relationship. That's never going to change. So I am looking for a specific kind of relationship. And if that's not on your menu, then, you know, nice to meet you and good luck. And it's also where if it was like one guy every once in a while who missed it, that would be one thing. But when I'm sure that's a constant discussion every single time. It's a constant discussion. It shows a bad pattern that unfortunately we as a society have generally accepted. But then they also have this, back to the entitlement, They sometimes they just feel that, oh, okay, so you're a slut, so I can say whatever the hell I want. So, you know, uh, oh, wouldn't you like this and this? And wouldn't you like to do that? And wouldn't you like to blah, 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 blah? And it's all so offensive in an appropriate context with people you have a relationship with. It's actually a really sexy thing. But with someone I have no idea who you are and jump automatically to that, that's not right. And that is a gender difference. I haven't run into that. No women have told you? I've run into women who miss it in my first couple of words in. I mentioned Polly. Yes. Married poly, poly relationship, whatever else. But I've never run into a woman who's come back with me offended by the fact she missed the word poly or she doesn't understand the word poly beforehand. Oh, I get such weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I hate to say that, but, you know, again, it's it's this issue with being online that people, even though they have their pictures and whatever the case is, they think they're anonymous and they can say whatever they want to you. And it's... But I was going to say, though, the entitlement of the women comes from when, and this is, again, a dating thing, when a guy sends a message that they don't connect to, for whatever reason, they don't respond, and suddenly the guy doesn't know. Now, there's a bit of a cyclical thing here that the idiot guys have caused the idiot women to do this. Yes. A nice message comes in, you know, thank you, I'm not interested. Unfortunately, a guy like me will turn around and say, no problem, whatever it is you're looking for, I hope all the best for you. Unfortunately, it's the idiots then who mess that up for guys like me who would actually respect a woman who said, sorry, but not my not my cup of tea. Not interested. Thank you. Just very nice message. 
I've seen this and I've had this conversation with my current boyfriend when we were talking about how he would never want to go to a sex club alone because he does not want to be seen as the creep. Actually, there you go. That's I just did that last night. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually at a burlesque show in downtown Toronto. A group is called Nerd Girl Burlesque and a professional group. Very good performance, really enjoyable. Last night they did what they called page turners and tassel twirlers. And they did reference burlesque referencing everything from a librarian to Marvin the Depressed Android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that was just a hilarious blast, that last one. Actually, the whole evening was fun. But I was there on my own because you were here. We had the kids home. And you wanted to watch the Emmys last night. So I went. Stephen to- Colbert was hosting. And yes, I'm a fan. Fun girling, fun girling over Stephen Colbert. Sorry. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my moment. Sorry. Move on. That's all right. So I went on my own. And I noticed that this group was probably about, I don't know, 150 people-ish. And I would guess was 80, if not 90%, couples or women. I don't think there were more than a handful of guys there on our own. And some of the looks I got... And the, there was a woman who was sitting one seat over from me, and she actually turned so her back was to me. Now, we were both facing the stage, but she turned sideways so she didn't have to acknowledge I was there. And I really got the feeling that I was being made out to be the creepy single guy. There was no reason for me to be made out to do that, but it was just what it was. It was just how they've seen the guys there. And this was a bit of entitlement. You have a friend of yours who talks about couple privilege. Yes. And I was thinking about it this morning. This is a, a sort of a subset of that, and I think it's the first time I've actually run into it. Seeing that because I wasn't in a couple, I was seen as a lower class. The women were fine. They don't care about the women in that sense. But if a single guy shows up at this thing, he's a creep. And that worries me that we generalize that way. And it wasn't necessarily everybody, but there was enough there. I was actually, it put me off. And it wasn't the performers at all. They don't see you. They don't come off the stage or anything like that. They're looking at stage lights. So it's nothing to do with the performance itself. Go see these women. They were fantastic. They should be supported. And, but as a single guy out there, I felt it was awkward it, for me sitting there. So the entitlement of other guys that have creeped women out to the point where they blanket that to anything you are stuck in a situation where you should normally feel comfortable, but do not because it's been ruined by other people. And I'm not sure again, how we solve this unless we nip this in the bud a lot earlier. You know, at this point in time, there's nothing I can do about it now. It is interesting because we have looked at older shows because we watch older shows with our kids. We watch lately. We've been doing WKRP in our long van trips that we've had recently. But when you look, I don't realize it, that some of the shows I grew up watching, Wonder Woman was the most striking example to me. So I watched yes. the 70s versions of Wonder Woman. But the way that they treated women mm-hmm. in that, in the storyline and how they were, you know, we've come a long way. 
since then. And so from a matter of perspective, it's, yes, you know, there is so much more work to be done. Mm -hmm. But wow, at least I'm not living in 1970 Wonder Woman. 1970 Dallas, (laughs) 1970WKRP even. There's bits there as strong a character as Jennifer Marlowe was or Bailey Quarters were, and they were another version of Ginger and Marianne. They were still very much focused on the guys had to save the day. Very rare would you see, if ever, I don't know of any episodes of WKRP where Bailey or Jennifer saved everything and didn't need one of the guys involved. Whereas the guys on their own could do an episode. And we're probably almost to season three now. So I mean, it's a retro trip for me. I'm sure I've seen them all at some point, but I don't remember them all off the top of my head. But it's been interesting watching, or, well, listening to it because we're driving. We're not watching it because that would be awkward. But I still remember them as I hear them. I can still remember some of the bits and pieces, which is, as you say, interesting when you realize that's a bit awkward, but I didn't know that when I was 10. Well, it you don't realize then. it. Everything is just, of course, you don't have no experience. So you only know what's in front of you. And, and I, I used to work at a TV station. And I remember um, kids asking that they wanted to see shows that uh, were that were based on relationships. Because to them, you know, I asked them, well, why? What is interesting about these shows to you? And they said, well, we, so we can learn. You take a lot of, from that young point of view, that you're looking at this stuff as, this is how life is. These are the how I get my cues of how to interact with other people. I mean, regardless of how strong your, your real-life social network is, media has such a huge influence. It's good, and it can be damaging, and it's, anyway, it, we all know what it is what it is. Right, and with the... Going back to the original premise, that actually hurts swingers because if you look back at the stereotypes of swingers in the 70s and the 80s, it's really an awkward look. Things of key parties and such, which probably never existed the way they were ever presented. That was just somebody's idea of, oh, this might be how they do random. Uh, no, that would be scary. Those key parties are an urban myth, I'm certain. If you. Just to be honest, if you ever knew a group that size that everybody trusted each other, it doesn't seem like a likely scenario, even though I've even written about one. But it's one of those, again, entitlement where the rest of society likes to look down on people who don't think the way they do. They don't like the tradition, or they don't like the non-traditional, so they look down on it. One of our kids was asking today about... He was making a statement saying that he doesn't understand why religion was ever relevant. And we were talking about sort of the evolution of humans and the evolution of relationships. And, and I mean, you know, granted to state sort of my bias, you know, I consider myself agnostic or atheist. I was raised Catholic. But I truly do see the value in a community. There was a time when religion was very valuable to a community and can still be very valuable to a community if done correctly. Ethically. Yeah. Uh, I don't judge people necessarily for doing that. But my point is that things change and things evolve. And I would love to in my lifetime, as part of this lovely poly journey I'm in, to see that change, to see the entitlement become less, to see consent being uh, up 
front more than anything else to not uh, see as much craziness as I do now. Absolutely. That's my wish for the world. Speaking of less, (laughs) I think we're almost out of time. I think we have to finish. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Laura's Pond. And you can find me on Twitter at C-P-M-C-C-L-E-N-N-A-N. My website, cpmclennan.com. And also I have a Facebook author page. Just a couple of other things to mention before I forget. We are doing on September 23rd, that's next Saturday, Polyamory Toronto is hosting a speed dating polyamory night. And also on Wednesday night, not 100% sure we're going to be able to be there, but downtown Toronto, the Glad Day Bookstore is hosting Tell Me Something Good. Their monthly sex story slam might be at that one. Odds are it's just me because I think you're out that evening. But are you going to feel creepy? Yeah, well, here's hoping. But the you know, we talked about being an introvert. I don't talk to anybody. But that's my own damn fault. Yes, you need to... I keep saying, be nice and meet people. Talk to people. And what else do we want people to do? Feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love... I, I'm saying making this all about my mission in life. Is I certainly would love to hear some feedback about our podcast. Um, honest feedback. Uh, I would love to hear what you like, what you don't like. Do we ramble too much? Is Chris just way too good looking? Because, you know, that's probably my thing that I... Uh, the feedback I would give. Or so, whatever it is. Yes. Whatever it is that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Or topic suggestions. You know, we spend a lot of time, the two of us, going, what are we going to talk about this week? Make our lives easier. What do you want to hear? We would love to hear that. You also want Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer on our show. Yes. They haven't reached out to us. No, they haven't. Because we we expect famous people to do that. Why wouldn't they? We're friendly and nice. Elton John lives nearby. He owns a castle nearby here, so why not? (laughs) He doesn't actually live here. So on that note, we bid you goodbye. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.